Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. We are one church that meets in various locations across Greater Manchester. For more information about who we are and where we meet, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com Those of you who uh, know us will know that if you've ever been to our house for, for any, any food or a meal, will know that... Um, that basically, what happens before every meal that we have, breakfast, lunch, or dinner at our house, is basically Grace and Zoe, Grace is four, Zoe is two, they have this massive argument at the start of the meal about who gets to pray for the meal, who gets to say grace, basically. Okay, so it's a two-year-old versus a four-year-old, um, and we say, who's going to pray? And they go, ah, oh, I want to pray, I want to pray, I want to pray, I want to pray. And basically, Grace, Zoe, the two-year-old, shouts the loudest. She's like, ah, oh, I want to pray, I want to pray, I want to pray. And basically, eventually, the, the shouting gets so loud, they're like, okay, okay, just pray, pray. And it goes from basically, ah, oh, I want to pray. And as soon as we say pray, she just, she just goes like this, to the most softly spoken voice you've ever heard in her life. She goes from ah to, amen. And it is, the, it is the biggest contrast you've ever heard in like a voice going from like a gra- pure aggression to like the, the most gentle, softly, softly voice you have ever, ever heard. And I was saying to Elizabeth, after she prayed one time, I was like, where has she learned how to pray like that? The kind of softly voice where she prays. And Elizabeth's like, I think she's learned that from us, you know? I was like, oh, okay. Do, do I have like a softly voice when I pray? Do I like, oh, gentle? I was like, no. So we're kind of, Elizabeth and I are analyzing how we pray because basically our kids are now copying us. Um, but that's basically what happens every time when we have food in our house. And basically, I, I share that because obviously Zoe has learned something of how to pray from us and how we do it. She closes her eyes like we do. She prays softly and then she says amen at the end, even though she can't really say much. It's kind of gibberish what she says, but that's, that's what she does. And basically, what I want to share this morning is a little bit how, how to pray, basically. That's what I want to talk about this morning, how to pray. Now, this is the, it's the first uh, sermon in our new series uh, on prayer, which is entitled Pray with Jesus, where we're going to be looking at a bunch of, of of teaching that Jesus gave in the Bible on how to pray. We're going to be looking at that over the next sort of seven or eight weeks. We're also going to be doing the prayer course um, in our community groups. We, we did the, well, in our community group, we did the first session there on, on Wednesday, just gone. And we got to the end of the evening on Wednesday. I don't know if you had something similar in your groups. We got to the end of the evening, and Elizabeth comes to me after everyone had left, and she was like, that was good, you know, Andy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you seem very surprised, Elizabeth. I said, yeah, no, actually, I'm, I'm actually glad we're doing the prayer course. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm glad you're glad. Yeah, it's a good course. But yeah, it was a really good, good evening with some really good discussion in, in our group as well. So I'm looking forward to that. And I think for me, my hope in this, in this whole season, this next three months, um, through the kind of the, the preaching series, through the, the, the prayer course that we're doing a community group, my hope is that we all develop a more vibrant prayer life. Uh, we develop a, a love uh, of speaking to God. And, and, and as a result of that, our relationship with him would be, would be strengthened, it would be nourished, and it would be refreshed. That's, that's my hope. Now, on, uh, on Friday, uh, I was uh, having a shower, and Max came in, into the bathroom, walked in, goes, Daddy, and I was like, what do you want? Because um, uh, that's normally, you know, he normally wants something. And he says, uh, Nothing. I just wanted to say hello. <laughs> and I was like, oh, 
oh, hello, Max. Nice to see you. And then, then he went out. Um, and it was, it, was, it was a bit of a, almost like a teaching moment for me. You know, Max came in. He didn't want anything. That's what I thought he did. He didn't want anything. He just wanted to hang out. He just wanted to spend time with me. He had a bit of an awkward moment, but anyway, he wanted to hang out. And I think that's, again, that's, that's my hope for this, this next few months as well, is that we get something, something of that relationship in our relationship with God. You know, that, that, that it's not just about answers to prayer, but that we develop this desire to spend time with our Father. I'd love us to have that, just to enjoy his presence, to enjoy talking to him more. Even if it's just saying hello, there'd there'd just be that that joy and that love and that desire to spend time with our Father. And and my hope, again, as I said, would be that a relationship, our closeness with him would grow and develop as a result. So we're going to start the series with probably Jesus' most famous teaching on prayer, which is in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 13. Uh, basically because it's where Jesus teaches disciples how to pray. And what are we talking about today? How to pray. Yeah, we're talking about how to pray. Yeah. So we're going to read that, Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 13. So let's read it together. You can follow in your Bibles or it'll appear on the screen behind us. Matthew 6, 5 to 13. Jesus says this, When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues, and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you pray, do not keep on babbling like the, the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before asking Him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And that is, that is Jesus' teaching to his disciples on how to pray right there. Um, and what he also says, obviously, if you notice, he also talks to them about what to pray for too. So that's just what I want to share with you guys this morning, how to pray and what to pray for. So firstly, how to pray. Now, I noticed in the prayer course video, which we watched on Wednesday, that Pete Gregg has this, this, this little, little thing he uses when it comes to teaching people how to pray. He just says, basically, when it comes to how to pray, keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it going, Okay. So I'm going to nick his little titles this morning because I think it's a great little principle when it comes to how to pray. Keep it simple, keep it real, keep it going. So firstly, when it comes to praying, let's keep it simple. Obviously, you look in the passage, Jesus says, when you pray, don't keep on babbling like the pagans with lots of big, impressive sounding, but empty words. Don't do that. No, Jesus is saying, look, keep it simple. Keep your prayers simple simple. I read recently one theologian uh, said this, our prayers can be simple and direct because they're already based on an established family relationship. I love that. Our prayers can be simple and direct because they're already based on an established family relationship. You know, over Christmas, we went to see some friends, went to their house for kind of afternoon tea, cake, all that kind of stuff. And, and Grace, my four-year-old, she, she wanted some more cake. 
and she went to like the mom of you know the the, the kids were hanging out with her, and, she says, and, and she went up and she says, oh, look, um, please, uh, possibly, please could may, and maybe have some, maybe possibly, maybe please could I have some? And she just couldn't get out, and it was, it was quite cute. Oh, she can't get out. She's shy, all this kind of stuff. Oh, please, could I? Can I Cake. It was this, you know, really complicated, long kind of conversation just to get some cake because she didn't know the person. She didn't know the person. Whereas, transfer that to our house, you know, Grace normally will just be like, Daddy, I'm hungry. I want cake now. You know, it's, there's a simplicity that comes when you're family. We know that, don't we? And that is true with God. We are his family. So that means we can, our prayers can be simple. You know, the whole kind of, stuff you do with someone who you don't know and, you know, minding your P's and Q's and all that kind of stuff. You don't need to do that. We're family. We can have simple prayers. So when it comes to prayer, let's keep it simple. simple. Yeah, let's keep it simple. Second thing, how to pray, keep it real. I was in a, I was in a, a cafe on Friday. I met with someone in a cafe on Friday and I was there, went up to the bar and I noticed, oh, the person in the cafe behind the bar is someone who used to go to CCM for a bit, one of the other sites. And, uh, and I did the whole thing of like, you know, there's loads of people there behind the bar, there's loads of people around, other people. So I said, I could see the person, they recognized me, I recognized them, I said, hey, how you doing? And, he said, oh. and instead of going, you know, hey, how you doing back? Is it a little bit sheepish because you don't want to admit that, you know, they're from church and all that kind of stuff. They just said to me, oh, Andy. And I mean, there's about six or seven other people all listening here, all at the bar, behind the bar, in front of the bar. Oh, Andy, I'm sorry I don't go to your church anymore. Proper loud. Uh, yeah, I just, I went back to my old church because I like the way they do traditional communion there. But Andy, and I'm, I'm about to walk away because I've, I've got my drink. But, um, and, he, and his voice gets louder as I'm walking away because he wants, he wants me to hear. So obviously, like, more people in the cafe. But, uh, but I love the preaching at CCM. I so miss the preaching at CCM. The preaching at my church is, I'm going to use the word poo because we're in church, but he did not use that word. He used a much stronger word. <laughs> and that's what he said. I mean, so like half, the, half the, 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 the coffee shop know that the preaching at CCM is great. And the preaching at his church, whatever church he's going to, is a word for, you know, poo. Um, that is, that is, now I kind of went back to my seat smiling, you know, kind of like, okay, I wouldn't have used that language, but the interesting thing, though, was he was real, you know? He was authentic. There was no politeness there. It was just, this is why I'm not there. This is where I am. This is why. It was all, it was all out there for you. There's a realness to it. And I think, you know, when it comes to prayer, God, God wants us to be real in what we pray for, okay? He wants us to be real. You know, Jesus has a real go here at the people who pray these big, grand-sounding prayers, but they just don't mean them. You know, there's all these big words, but they're like, they're not real. They're just, they're just doing this to impress others. Jesus has a real go at these people. Jesus wants us to pray prayers that are real, that are authentic. I mean, that is why we love the Psalms, isn't it? Because there's a realness, there's an authenticity to what is prayed in the Psalms. We can tell that, we can feel it as we read it. And that's what Jesus wants from us. He wants us to share how we really feel, you know? Like you have that contrast in, in Luke of the, the Pharisee and the tax collector both coming to the temple to pray, and the tax collector prays this big, you know, long, convoluted prayer, whereas the, the tax collector is just like, Lord, I'm a sinner, forgive me. 
You know, he's honest. It's real. You know, Jesus wants us to, he wants us to ask what we really want, not what we think we should want. Okay? He wants us to share with him where we're really at with things, not where we think we should be really at with things. And when we do that, what happens is we grow in our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Okay? Because for any relationship to grow, you need to be real with each other. Okay? You have a relationship with someone and you just pretend all the time. The relationship does not grow because it's not real. We've got to be real. And Jesus is saying here, that's what prayer is primarily all about. It's about growing in relationship with our Heavenly Father. It's not about looking good in front of each other. You don't be like, wow, they prayed such a good prayer there. It's not even primarily about figuring out a way to get your prayers answered the way you want them answered, but it's primarily about growing a relationship with our Heavenly Father, which is why sometimes when we come to prayer, we actually don't even need to ask something. We can just be like Max and just come and say, Lord, hello, how are you doing today? You know, that's, that's relationship building prayer. And I think for me, that the times when I've felt closest to God in my relationship with Him, I've tracked it that it's, it's almost always been the times where I've not just gone through the motions in my quiet time, my prayer times, but it's, it's, it's always followed the times when I've been honest with God about where I'm at. When I've been brutally honest, I've said, when I've shared with Him exactly how I'm feeling, when I've, when I've shared, you know, hey, Lord, I'm struggling, or Lord, I'm feeling dry, or I'm, I just don't know where I'm at, Lord. The times I've grown closest to him where, are where, where I've admitted those things and I've been real to God about those things. Rather than trying to paper over those things with reading another chapter in my quiet time, rather than papering over those things by praying a bit longer in the morning, but actually, no, no, no Lord, here's where I'm at. And I've found that's what God has really met with me powerfully. And so I just want to encourage us all here to let's not, in this passage, in the message, it says, let's not role play with God. I thought, oh, that's really good. And let's not do that. Let's be real. Let's be honest with God. He can handle it. Okay? So keep it simple. Keep it real. Third one is keep it going. Keep it going on. Yeah, we can go keep it going on. Yeah, that's it. Um, you've heard him mention in the past about George Muller, the evangelist from, from Bristol, who back in the 19th century... He wrote a list of five of his friends who weren't Christians, and he started praying for them every day and every day. And I, I can't remember the exact you know, time frame, but pretty much after about nine months of praying every day, one of the, the friends on this list became a Christian. And then he just kept praying for the next four. And after about another like, three or four years, I think it was the second one became a Christian after praying every day for them. And then, and then after another like 10 years, the third one got saved. And then he kept praying for the final two for the next 30 years of his life in his quiet time or prayer time every morning. Um, and they didn't get saved by the time he died. But apparently they got saved a few days after he actually died, which is a great testament of just keeping going, just keeping praying, just keeping being consistent in, in prayer. And um, one of the things I, I was looking at this week was in uh, 1 Thessalonians. It says pray constantly. Um, and I think that the best picture you can get of praying constantly, or the best picture of something that's constant, is a tap. 
dripping. Before Christmas, we had a tap which dripped. It's the most annoying thing in the world. When you're like upstairs and you just hear it hit the metal of the basin, drip, 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 and you're like, oh, so not. But you know, there's 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 a there's a kind of a, a, a keeping it going nature to that, and I think that's a great picture for us when it comes to prayer. Just just letting prayer intersperse our entire lives. You know, you're just walking somewhere, you're just praying to God, hey God. Um, how are you doing today? What about this? I'm struggling here. Can you help me with that? Can you help that person? Just, just that constant, that, that everyday constant conversation with God. Such a fantastic thing to be able to develop. Now, I was chatting with someone at our community group on Wednesday night, and they're like, to be honest, Andy, I, the kind of the, the praying while you're out and about, like those little, you know, arrow prayers, those kind of just, he's just like, I don't really have a problem with that. Like, I can do that. My problem is actually the go into your room, like Jesus says, and closing the door and praying and having that the actual, you know, prayer time. You and God. Those are the things, that's the thing I struggle with. Um, and I was like, oh, it's great that you're honest with that. And, and I think for all of us, when it comes to that sort of, whatever we want to call it, a quiet time or a prayer time, where we kind of just, you know, we go in, we close the door, we sit I think for all of us, I just want to encourage us when it comes to keeping, let's, let's be flexible in what we do. You know, let's not just be like, it has to be at this time. And I have to pray from six until seven every morning in the spare room. And if, you know, I don't do it that way, it doesn't work. You know, I think let's be flexible. Let's figure out what works for us. And whatever works for us, do it and keep it going. You know, uh, for me, there's an armchair in our bedroom that's the place I go to have my, my prayer times. Oftentimes, I'll do it in the morning. If you do it in the morning, I put earplugs in, you know, because Elizabeth will be, like, you know, dealing with kids. If it doesn't work in the morning when the kids are just too crazy, I'll do it in the evening. I don't need the earplugs in the evening because the kids are asleep, which is nice. But, um, I, you know, I, that, that's what I do. I, I was chatting to someone who said, look, I'm not a morning person. I'm just not, like, awake to the world until about 11 a.m. So I said, I, I, I pray I pray in the evening before I go to bed. That's what works for me. I know Tom O'Toole, we've had him preaching here a few times. Tom's often shared that what he does is he likes to go for prayer walks regularly. That's how he prays. That's where he does it. I remember hearing um, John Wesley, the kind of famous kind of preacher, 19th century preacher. His, his mom, she had like, I don't know, 12 kids or something, some huge family. And like there was literally no quiet place in her entire house. So what she used to do was take her apron and put it over her head, right? And, uh, and basically, her kids all came to know when mom is doing that, she's praying, don't disturb her. That's her quiet time. Or, well, you know, I can't see you time. Probably was still noisy. That's when she prayed. So I, I suppose I want to encourage you, like we're all in different stages in life. Figure out, you know, what works for you. Do it and keep it going. That's my encouragement. Keep it going. I was reading a book last night about, um, about prayer, and the guy in the book was sharing how when he was 14 years of age, someone challenged him to pray for his high school. So he'd show up an hour early to school every Tuesday and Thursday morning, and he'd get the directory. Back then, they'd give a directory for everyone in the school, and he'd get that book, and he'd just walk around his school. He'd do, I don't know, about 10 circles around the school building, and just pray for his school for an hour every Tuesday and every Thursday morning. And by the end of the year, a whole load of his year, and people in the school had actually got saved. But it's something that worked for him. And he did it, and he kept doing it, and God answered. So, yeah, I just want to encourage you, hey, keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it going. Amen. So that's 
how to pray. Now, I mean, I'm sure there are other things you could say on that. There are probably many other books and many other things written on that, but I just think it's a really helpful thing for us. Keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it going. Now, some of you might sometimes have the issue of thinking, I just don't know what to pray for, you know? I've gone through my list, and, you know, it's taken me about one minute. Uh, so, what do I pray for now? You know? What, are there any guidelines or things, or what should I do? Well, one thing that is here to help us is the Lord's Prayer. Now, uh, when I was at high school, uh, one of the things we had in our high school, I don't know what, uh, how they do it now, but we had a school assembly every single day in our high school. And at the end of every school assembly, the entire school, kids, teachers, everyone said the Lord's Prayer together. Whether you liked it or not, or you, well, I say everyone. There was one girl who didn't. She was called Kirsty Salt. Uh, and uh, I remember walking out. She was always in the canteen. She was always standing in the canteen outside whenever we would all file out of our assembly hall. And I remember asking my friends, why is she never in assembly? Oh, Jehovah's Witness. Oh, okay. So that was, yeah. So that's why, yeah, poor Kirsty Salt never got to be in the assembly. Anyway, it wasn't the most diverse school in the world, shall we say. <laughs> I grew up in Northern Ireland. But we, we said the Lord's Prayer every day. And the result of that is probably me and probably everyone else I have memorized the Lord's Prayer. I can say it by memory. I can only say it by memory in the King James Version. So uh, it has all of these and those. And, and, and if I start removing them, I, I can't remember it anymore. So it's this kind of weird thing. If we ever say it together, I go all V and Bowie, you know, and art and all that kind of stuff. But basically, I remember when I was about 14 or 15 years of age, I started to like, you know, I started to take my faith more seriously. And then I started I started to do something crazy. I started to actually pray the Lord's Prayer in the assemblies when I, when I said it. Not many people did that. They just said it, you know. I'd pray it. And also, I'd start to think about, like, what's Jesus teaching us through this prayer? He taught his disciples this prayer to teach them something. I was like, what's he, what is he teaching them to pray in this prayer? And, and basically, the Lord's Prayer is made up of six requests split into two sections. It's very symmetrical. For those of you who like maths, it's like it works out really nicely, okay? Right? So you got the first half, you got three requests, and there are three God-focused requests. And then the second half is three requests that are about us. They're us-focused requests, okay? So first three requests, they're God-focused. I'm going to call them the your requests because they all have the word your in them, okay? First one, would your name be holy? Second one, would your kingdom come? Third one, God, would your will be done? Okay, those are the first three requests. And you can pretty much sum up these three requests by, by, by this phrase, the, the desire for God's reign to become a full reality on earth like it already is in heaven. That's, that's how you sum up those three. The desire for God's reign to become a full reality reality on earth just like it is in heaven. Isn't that a great thing to pray for? Yeah? Wouldn't that be a great thing to see? God's reign to become a full reality in Hayton Moor, in Manchester, like in this area, like it already is in heaven. Wouldn't that be good? That would be fantastic. You know, like on my prayer list that I pray through in the morning, one of my little things, I love a list, you know me, I love a list. One of the things on my list is, Lord, would your kingdom come in my community? 
That's what I want to see God's reign like breaking out and coming fully in my community. Now, if I was going to go all Spice Girls on you and be like, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I think, I think I'm speaking to the right generation here. You all know what I'm getting at here. I think like, if, you, if you search deep within yourselves, okay, your answer wouldn't be a Ziggy Ziga. No. Like, I think if you really search deep within yourselves, like, and, and actually, if you look at the deepest prayers you pray, and like the, the most heartfelt prayers, even if you go beneath those prayers, I think as believers, like what the Holy Spirit is, the thing we most want at the depths of ourselves is just that it's God's reign to become full reality, you know? Like all the relationship problems and breakdowns we know about in our lives, gone, you know? All the sickness, gone. All the the illness, gone. All the the people who reject God, gone. Everything, just God's kingdom fully here. Don't we want to see that? Yes. That's our heart's desire. I mean, we have our noonday prayer thing, the thing that Andy mentioned. That's what, I mean, I've only been to one. I'm going to a few more next week. But that's what we're praying for there that God's reign would become a full reality, that our city would be transformed. We had our Denton, our first prayer meeting for our Denton church plant on Thursday. And really the prayers, if you want to sum up what all the prayers are about, is that we're praying that God's reign would become full reality in Denton. You know, the young people would get saved, old people would get saved. Um, yeah, just the poor would be helped. Oh, just, just God would just break out in that place and bring transformation. That's what we're praying for. That's what we want to see. Okay, and that's what the first half of the Lord's Prayer is about. Yeah, second half of the Lord's Prayer, the second three requests in the Lord's Prayer are human focused. Okay, they're about us. Okay, they're us prayers. And I'm calling them us prayers because the word us is in all of them. Okay. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. Lead us, not into temptation, deliver us from the evil one. And, and, and give us our daily bread there. It's, it's about asking God to, to, to meet our daily needs, isn't it? You know, it's something I pray for every day. Lord, would you strengthen my hands? Would you give me what I need for this day? Then forgive us our sins is about asking God to help us deal with past sins those done by us and others. So, you know, praying, God, forgive us. Help us forgive others. Bring healing and restoration to our relationships. Then we have lead us not into temptation, which is one that's kind of almost split in two. You've got two us's, but it's kind of still one, if you get that. Is that all right? Can we deal with that? Okay, we're not, yeah. So lead us not into temptation. So this, this is basically, if we want to summarize this, it's asking God for, for, for protection from future sin. Forgive us our sins is asking God to help us deal with past sins. This is asking God to, for protection for future sin. And, and it's interesting here in this passage, temptation can be better translated actually as testing. Um, sometimes this one confuses people a little bit, but God doesn't tempt us to sin, but he does permit us to be tested. Even so, we shouldn't go seek that out. We shouldn't go, I want to be tested. We shouldn't go seek that out. We should pray to avoid being exposed to those kind of situations where we're vulnerable. And that's what Jesus is encouraging us to pray for here. But if we do find ourselves in situations, in those kind of situations, we should pray that God would deliver us from the evil one. 
So those are the three us-focused prayers. Swiss theologian Emil Brunner says this, all right, love a good quote. A couple of quotes to finish. You ready? Got the pictures and all up. So it says this, the Lord's prayer stretches from the Father at the beginning to the devil at the end, from heaven to hell, and in between are six brief requests for everything important in life. Everything comes into those six requests, that God's name would be made holy, that God's kingdom would come, that God's will would be done, that our daily needs would be met, that our past sins would be dealt with, and protection from future sins. So if you're never sure what, quite what to pray for, just go for one of those six, and you'll not go far wrong. Theologian Jonathan Pennington, final quotes is this, the Lord's Prayer, I love this, the Lord's Prayer is the scaffolding around the Tower of Prayer. You never think of like, you know, builders when they have scaffolding. The scaffolding helps them get to the thing they're working on. And that's what, that's what the Lord's Prayer helps us do with prayer. And that's why the prayer course that we're going through is based on the Lord's Prayer. You look at a line each week, that's what we do. Then Pennington says this, the Lord's Prayer, I love this, is the guiding handrails along which the disciple walks in forming his or her own prayers. You know, so like I remember year or two ago, Elizabeth and I went on a, a clifftop walk in Northern Ireland. It's called the Gobbins Clifftop. I think I've got a picture of it there. Yes, yeah, a bit like that. That's a little bit of it. And you're like properly hugging the coastline. And there's some bits that you're just leisurely walking along and you don't need to hold the rails. And then there's other bits that you are literally you know, clinging to the, the handrails, the guardrails to kind of pull you along. And, and that's what the Lord's Prayer is like for us when it comes to prayer. Sometimes we don't need it. We can just pray and we, we're going well. Sometimes we need to come back to the Lord's Prayer. Like, Lord, I don't know what to pray. And just go there and let that guide you. And maybe that's an encouragement for some of us to actually start praying through the Lord's Prayer. Just to allow that to guide us over our our prayer time. So how do we pray? We keep it simple. Hopefully I've tried to keep the sermon simple. See what I've tried to do there? Number two, keep it real. Number three, keep it going. Or as Thompson said, keep it going on. That's fine. We can roll with that. What do we pray for? That God's name would be made holy. That God's kingdom would come. That God's will would be done. That our daily needs would be met that our past sins would be dealt with and protection for future Thanks for listening. Christchurch Manchester is one church that meets in various locations across Greater Manchester. To explore this sermon or learn more about our church, please navigate to the links provided in this podcast description. From there, you can connect with us on social media. And you're welcome to check out the music links featured in this episode from our very own musicians. You can also discover current events and information about where we meet on Sundays and various groups or community projects that you can join in with. If you're interested in knowing more about us or wish to join us for one of our meetings, please reach out. Simply drop us an email at hello at ccm.org.uk. We look forward to connecting with you.